Welcome to Sermons of Grace with Pastor David Murphy of the Grace Baptist Church in Gambles Terrace, Antigua. Last week in our study of the book of Romans chapter 12, Pastor Murphy answered the common questions about spiritual gifts. Today we'll begin our study on the spiritual gift of prophecy. All right, turn with me please to the book of uh, Romans. And I want to pick up in our reading uh, in this book and read from verse number 3 to verse number 8. And we will stick with verse number 7 as part of our sermon this morning. Verse 3 of Romans chapter 8. He said, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let them do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, and he that serveth, Uh, mercy with cheerfulness. Show of mercy with cheerfulness. Now that brings me now to deal with verse number 6 of Romans chapter 12 where the Apostle Paul says in verse number 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So what we want to look at this morning is what is this gift of prophecy. Does the Bible give us any hint as to what this gift of prophecy is all about? As I mentioned in my introduction, this is a very significant topic for our times. I mentioned that the major cults uh, all claim the prophetic gift and that's why they've deviated from scripture. Had they not had people claiming to be prophets, and stuck with scripture, we would not have the different movements started. Please understand that. See? And the other thing is, of course, you have a whole cadre of new prophets and apostles parading up and down the islands, parading up and down the, 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 uh, the, the, the world, basically, claiming that they have the prophetic gift and they have the apostolic gift. I saw a video the other day that was sent to me. I wish I could show it to you, but I can't show you. I could not believe that. Uh, this is an African that sent the video. Uh, he is saying he's complaining against what is happening in his country. And I have not seen anything more vulgar in my whole life than on that video. What pastors are teaching the people to do when they're teaching them how to, about marriage, they're actually taking a person in front and going through the act 
the, not the, the, how, the emotions of it, of, of, of sexuality in front of the church. I have that on video. I was shocked. Totally shocked. I couldn't believe this could happen in the church. I see some of you cringe, and it's disgusting to hear that, but I am telling you, that's what was sent to me. Uh, so, so, so many things are happening. And by the way, the only reason they can do that is because they claim they have this authority. They speak for God. They're prophets. They're apostles. And the people are very submissive to those people who claim they have this authority. If you go to Africa, you'll discover that they do respect authority, especially older people. You know, we, we, you look down, older people, not in Africa, they're the ones that got the wisdom. And they look up to those kind of people, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to uh, discover this morning, what is this gift that Paul talks about here in the Romans chapter 12 and verse number 6? So what is this gift? Well, let me give you some of the interpretations of how people interpret this gift of, uh, this gift of prophecy. Here's one. There are those who say that this gift of prophecy is the gift to be able to expound the prophecies in the Old Testament. In other words, if I have a gift of prophecy, I should be able to understand prophecy. So some people interpret that to mean, well, what it really means is that I have the unique capacity that I can go to the Old Testament prophets and I can bring out what those prophets are writing in ways that ordinary people would not be able to do that. I have that gift of prophecy. The only question here is, is this what Paul is talking about? Or are there any markers in Corinthians that explain what this gift is? And by the way, you know who believed that? Great John Calvin and Martin Luther, great Martin Luther. Both of those reformers believe that this gift of prophecy referred to the fact that a person had the gift to understand the Old Testament prophecies. It is believed the reason why they held to this position because they were fighting against the, what is called the Anabaptists, who said that you had to be baptized again. If you were sprinkled, you were not properly baptized, you had to be rebaptized. They called them the Anabaptists. And the Anabaptists at the time were claiming that all of these gifts were given to their church. And the reformers were concerned that if they didn't do something, uh, it would create problems for the Reformation. So they were against the Anabaptists and fought against the Anabaptists because uh, it was contrary to their theological view. They were biased in certain ways. And the Anabaptists were holding views on the spiritual gifts that were contrary to their thinking. So they came up with the idea, no, let's, let's interpret this and let's say that this gift of prophecy refers to the fact that a person given this gift can understand Old Testament prophecy. It has nothing about being able to tell any, uh, anything or whatever. It's just about interpreting a prophecy. That's one interpretation. To some of you sitting here, you say, I never thought about that. Maybe that is true. The question is, what does the Bible give us that gives markers to help us explain what this is all about? Number two, there are those that say that this gift is being able to foretell the future. It's all about a predictive element in it. The only problem with that is while there are, the prophets in the Old Testament had a predictive element, most of the prophetic writings were not predictive. If you look at Jeremiah or you look at Ezekiel, uh, you'll find that most of their 
what we call the prophecy of Isaiah or the prophecy of Jeremiah is not prophecy in the sense that it tells about the future. Most of what they said in that book is that they spoke to the contemporary problems of the time. Condemning the people for their idolatry and for their evil and for their wickedness. It is true that it does contain prophecy about the future, but it is not the body of the prophetic writing that deals with the, the future. Most of it deals with contemporary issues. So to limit prophecy only to foretelling the future uh, is to really violate the biblical teaching on this subject. Thirdly, that those who restrict this to someone who knows the will of God in regard to some specific action to be taken. For example, you remember when Paul was going to go to Jerusalem and there was a prophet called Agabus and Agabus removed his loincloth and he tied up Paul's hand. He said, Paul, if you go up to Jerusalem, this is exactly what's going to happen to you. You're going to be incarcerated and you are going to be, and, and uh, you know, and he begged Paul, don't go up to Jerusalem. And then Paul said, none of these things move me. I preached a sermon on that one. My wife even asked me to preach that sermon for the time I came to Antigua and even in St. Louis, I never preached it afterwards. None of these things move me. <laughs> but that's what he did. None of these things move me. And of course, Paul went to Jerusalem. He was incarcerated. He was put in prison for two years. But the reason why Paul, you know, even though the prophet told him not to go up, Paul still went up. But that would be a case where this prophet Agabus had knowledge of a specific thing would happen to Paul and counseled Paul, this is not the course to take. But Paul did anyway. Was he hard-headed, stubborn? I just don't know. Did he have a secret knowledge of God that this was God's plan for him to be incarcerated? Very clearly, when Paul wrote the book of Romans, he refers to those who have Caesar's household that got saved while he was in prison. But that's a mystery. A prophet tells you not to go. He tells you what's going to happen. You go, and it happens to you. You find yourself in prison. Who was in God's will at the time? Well, let's not debate that. Eternity, we will find out exactly who was right. See? We're both right at the same time. Uh, we're not told in that. In that. And then... The fourth interpretation is that it refers to the capacity to discover truth about others and tell them about it. Now, I'm going to show you that in Corinthians chapter 14, there is an element like that, you know, that tells you something about yourself. A person able to tell you something about yourself that God has revealed to them. Uh, this is what um, you will find later. Now, you remember that Jeremiah and uh, Samuel performed the role of advising the kings uh, what to do because they were given certain information uh, that would help them to inform the king what to do. For example, when they're going to form what is called political alliances, you'll find that prophets would often tell them, you must not join with this king. When it deals with international or local affairs, again, the, 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 the prophet would come in and speak to the issue. So that those that believe that this is what this whole subject is about. But what I would suggest to you that let us take the Bible itself and see if the Bible helps us to understand what this gift of prophecy is about. And I do believe it, it helps us to understand that. Look at me at Corinthians chapter 14. 
Corinthians chapter 14. And look with me at verse number 3. Well, let's read from verse number 4, first of all. He says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in his spirit he speaketh mysteries. But notice, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to what? Edification. What else? Exhortation and comfort. So when we're talking about this gift of prophecy, these are the elements that compose what is involved in this gift of prophecy. So a person who has this gift of prophecy will be able to do these three things. He'll be able to edify, he'll be able to exhort, and he will be able to comfort. Now let's take those words for just a moment. The word edification comes from oika and dome. And the word oika means home or house, and demo means to build, to build a house. So the edify really is used figuratively in the Bible to build up or mature a person. So a person who has the gift of prophecy will have the ability to help a believer to grow and mature. See? So what he says enables and facilitates growth and development in a person. See? That's the first thing that Paul says. So if you want to understand what this gift of prophecy was, it involved the capacity for a person to speak to another person who is not mature and help them through what they say to mature in Christ. Edify them to build them up. But notice the second word, exhortation. That word is paraclesis. The word para means to come alongside and the word kala means to call. And it really means to admonish or exhort or urge a person to pursue a course in respect to the future. This word is a word that is anticipatory. So here's a person who wants to maybe migrate to the States or maybe go to England or, or do something else. And God gives a word to that another believer to say to that person, look, this is what the Lord has told me to tell you about this future move that you're going to make. I want to entreat you. I want to warn you. I want to encourage you. Either one. But God has given me insight into something I need to tell you. See? So that's the second thing about it. See? It's a gift that not only involves the whole matter of maturing and developing people, but it's a gift where you're given insight, a message to give to a particular person. Something they plan that's futuristic. And you will be given a word to say a caution something to them or even to encourage them. I think this is the way you should go. The Lord told me this or whatever. Nothing wrong in that. Just make sure they don't lead you contrary to scripture. See? Here's the thing I'm trying to avoid, right? I'm trying to box, avoid boxing God into such a way that we say that God can't do this and God can't do that. God is sovereign. See? And if God sees in his church that there's somebody about to make a bad decision or a good decision, but they're hesitating either way, it's possible that God to speak to one of our members and say, listen, you've you got to speak to that person. Share this with them. See, Nothing wrong with that. God still speaks. The third thing is the word comfort. And that word comfort is paramuthia. And it comes from the word para, which means near 
or to decide, and muthia, which means speech. So what it means is to, uh, to speak comfortable words and tender words to someone. Now, this has nothing to do with the future, but because of some past experience they've had that they're, they're, they're having trouble with how to, how to face it, how to deal with it. So not only does it talk about the matter of you're you making a future decision or something and the person is able to counsel you, but here's a person in the church who's gone through a trauma. And they can't seem to get over what has happened to them. It's just completely got them out of sorts. And then God reveals to some person in the church, listen, go and speak to this person and tell them this, tell them that. Comfort them, encourage them. See? This is what the Bible means by the gift of prophecy, okay? It involves the capacity to edify, the capacity to exhort, and the capacity to comfort people. You seem to have that, 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 that gift that God has given uh, to you, okay? But there's one other thing I want to show you that uh, lets us some insight into this gift of prophecy. Uh, look with me at uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 31. Verse 31. You got it? Look at verse 24 first. Verse 24. In verse 23 he said, If therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues, and they're coming to those who are unlearned and unbelievers. Will they not say that you're mad? I think I agree with that one. Verse 24. But if all prophesy and they come in one that believeth not. Or one that's unlearned. He is convinced of all and is judged by all. In verse 24. And thus are the secrets of the heart made manifest. See? Here's another aspect of this matter of the gift. And this is very. He's saying quite frankly. A person who is had this gift of prophecy, is able to reveal something in a person's heart that that, that person didn't even know that you know about. See? I remember reading a sermon by Spurgeon that Spurgeon was preaching. And he said, that man in the back, and he started describing. Now, Spurgeon had never met this man. He started speaking, that man in the back, and where he's from, and all kind of thing. And quite frankly, there's a man in the pew. In, in the pew and Spurgeon didn't, but somehow under inspiration, as it were, Spurgeon was able to... Uh, just identify that. He came forward afterwards and want to know, wait, wait a minute, how did you know me? See? The secrets of his heart and this kind of the sermon he preached related to what was in this man's life in a way that this man knew that somebody had to speak to this man. See? That's a person who has, again, the gift of prophecy. It's about revealing secrets that people hold in their hearts or have in their hearts and somehow you're able to speak to it. They may not even understand that you are, but the way you speak to them, the way they understand very clearly, this man or this woman has insight. They, I didn't even know that they understood what was going on in the inside. See? That's the fourth thing about this whole matter of a person having this kind of uh, gift of prophecy. Now that brings me to another question that uh, you're probably asking. But Pastor, if this gift of prophecy involves edification and exhortation and comfort and insight into what is in the person's heart. Is that not preaching? Isn't that what happens in preaching? See? So, now we have a problem here. 
have a problem, and I want to explain to you why it's important for us to, to draw clear lines on these matters and not confuse these gifts. There is the gift of pastoring, the Bible talks about. There's the gift of evangelism. So what distinguishes then this gift of spiritual, uh, gift of prophecy, and the gift of pastoring and preaching? Let me explain this to you for just a moment, because I think this is where a lot of confusion comes in. There are four things, three things that I think are important to distinguish this gift from the gift of preaching. Number one, this gift of prophecy is a matter of you being given immediate knowledge of something. In other words, it's like you sitting in the church here this morning and there's somebody who's struggling with an issue this morning. And uh, for, out of nowhere, God speaks to you inside and says, you know what? You need to speak to somebody. You need to talk to him with that. No, that's something immediate. See? So he's giving the exact words how to comfort that person or how to edify that person. Or as I pointed out to you, uh, how to comfort that person. It's an immediate thing. The person who has this gift is given this thing. A pastor different. A pastor is an idiot if he gets into the pulpit and don't prepare. I repeat, he's a big idiot. See? He can't go into the church and say, well, I just let God speak to me. My mind is empty. I didn't bring anything, so God, you just speak to me. Any pastor do that is stupid. See? Because a preacher must prepare to preach. He's not given the gift. He's not given the gift of prophecy. That's not his gift. Immediacy is not given to him. He has to work hard. He has to study the word, expound the word. He has to get his facts together, get his order together, get his outline together. He just can't get it. God, fill me. There are many pastors who get up and say that, and you realize, he's wasting my time. Why did Pastor Murphy bring him here in the first case? Right? No, and you have a right to feel that way. Because a pastor has to study and prepare. He just can't get into the pulpit and say, God, okay, open my mouth, you fill me. That's not how it works for a pastor. See? He has to be diligent in his studying uh, and so on. So that's one thing. The difference between the two is that the person who has this gift of prophecy is a person where God speaks to them immediately. They don't have to prepare anything. They don't have to study anything. God gives them a word, as it were, to speak to that person or, or whatever it is. But with a pastor, it's different. He has to get into the get into his study. You got to study. You got to uh, come up with his skeleton and pad the skeleton, put in his illustrations. Talk. You know, he has to do that. And I have no respect, basically, for pastors who don't prepare. And believe you me, I've been to some Baptist churches and heard some sermons, and I've shook my head and said, "Why in the world did I come here?" I'll be very honest with you. Why did I come here? How dare you insult me by not preparing to preach? So because you claim to be a man of God, that means they're going to just clap you in the back? No, you have to prepare. See? And I don't have time to waste the oil I got. I don't have time to wait. To waste. So when I go to service, I want to hear the word preach. I want to hear the man has prepared the word. I don't want to go there and then I realize that, hey, he fell asleep on his sermon or something and he just came into the pulpit. See? And he's running around in circles, go from Genesis to Revelation. There are people who do that. And there are some people who do that consistently. And I want to say to you that that is not what this is all about. Okay? The, the second thing I want to say to you is this. 
The second way in which this is different from the gift of pastoring is because this is a gift that is available to all, both male and female. You said nothing. <laughs> look at two verses of scripture. First of all, look at Acts chapter 21. I think you know that verse. Um, you remember Philip? Acts chapter 21. Uh, let's look at it because uh, you might not be um, as familiar as I would be. Acts chapter 21, verse 9. Verse 8 says, And the next day we were, uh, we, that, we that were of Paul's company departed and came into Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And in verses, And the same man had four daughters, virgins. We did what? They prophesied. Had the gift of prophecy. These are women. So this gift of prophecy is a gift that is not restricted to men only. It's a gift that is given to women as well. By the way, could I say this? I had a question we're going to answer this week. People want to know if God is a sexist. And you know why they say that? Because it's always he. Why you ain't got she? <laughs> I'll deal with that shortly. But there are people who feel that way, right? And they feel as though that God has just got uh, men elevated on a, a pedestal and women are supposed to be subservient and so on and so forth. But when you look in the Bible, these gifts, this gift is not restricted to, 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 uh, to, to men only. He had four daughters and she prophesied. But look also at Corinthians chapter 11 verse 5. He said in verse 4, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonor of his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonor of her head. So what does a woman do? She's praying or what? She's prophesying. See? So that is a clear distinction there as well. That this is a gift that is given to men and women in the church. It's not something restricted only to, the, to males. Okay. And that brings me to the third point. When it comes to the pastorate, and the preaching, it is restricted to men and men only. That's the point I'm making. So this gift of prophecy cannot be the same gift as the gift of preaching. That's the point I'm trying to say to you, trying to make to you. And we know that, by the way, from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, where Paul said it very clearly, because of the order of creation, man being made first, because of the fall, God does not allow a woman to take the position of leadership in the church or in the home. See, that is the hierarchy God has established. So a woman may have the gift of prophecy, but her gift of prophecy does not entitle her to be a pastor. And that's where the confusion lies today. They, they put these two things and equate them together. As a result, they don't go to Scripture to see what the Bible teaches on these matters. You see, when I say to you that we're dealing with a subject that you might think is irrelevant, but take it from me, it is very relevant today because a lot of the confusion that we have in the church, a lot of the disorder that we have in the church, is simply because it has not been rightly dividing the word of truth. And to try to correct that, by the way. Let me use an illustration. Suppose you're sitting here this morning, and you came from one of those churches where a woman is a preacher. You're already prejudiced when I say those kind of words. You don't even want to. You shut me off immediately. Because this is what you were brought up under. This is what you saw. But here's what I'm asking you to do. Examine the word. 
and see if what you were given is in line with Scripture. That's how you judge what is right and what is wrong, not what I see or what I hear, how I was brought up. The Apostle Paul uh, certainly is helping us to define this gift by his own words and his own teaching. We don't have to go outside Scripture to find out what Paul is teaching about this matter. This is what Paul called the gift of prophecy. It's not the gift of preaching. It's not the gift of pastoring. It's a gift of the immediacy of God revealing some truth to you to help someone either with something in the future, something in their past they're dealing with, or some secret in their life that needs to be brought to light. And God helps you to be able to be the instrument to do that. See, That's what it is, the gift of prophecy. You're not entitled to be a pastor or a preacher because you've been given that gift of prophecy. Now I want to ask one question. Does that make sense? You're silent. So obviously it doesn't. <laughs> but that's the interpretation. I don't think there's any other way you can explain this gift. Because Paul himself defines it and tells you what it does. This is the standard by which you judge what that gift is. So the question that you should ask yourself this morning would be, is this my gift? Is this my gift? And... Uh, Personally, I believe that this gift of prophecy that, as Paul describes it here, I believe that this is still available. The idea of a gift of prophecy to tell people about what's going to happen in the future world and, the, you know, and, and like uh, I could write another book like the Book of Mormons, that is gone. That is gone. See? But this particular ability, I think that uh, there are people who have that ability. I remember one time I was speaking to uh, in Nevis, um, Pastor Maynard. Pastor Maynard was very, very, very sick. Very, very sick. I, I think people really thought he would have died. I think he himself thought that as well. And he told me he was lying down on a bed, bed one, terribly sick. And a person came from nowhere. When I said nowhere, he doesn't know the man. He knows nothing about the man. The man came to his home and told him, listen, my brother, the Lord has told me that you're going to live. You're going to live. He said, Pastor Murphy, I'm telling you, it was not a Baptist. I don't know who the man was. He came to my home and told me, the Lord told him, I'm going to live. And I don't have to tell you one thing, but a man is still living today. See, see. But a word was given. See. And that word was sent. And that was a, an encouraging word that he needed. See. That is the kind of thing I'm talking about. That the Lord can speak to people. If you read the life of... Um, Spurgeon and uh, George Mueller. Uh, you will read that on one occasion, the Lord told Spurgeon to give to George Mueller a certain amount of money. Specific amount of money. Specific amount of money. And you think of when that money was given to George Mueller, it was exactly the money that he needed for his mission work and orphanages. God can still speak to people today while you look at me staring past Murphy and then all these things happen. They do happen. See? But where the problem comes in is because we're seeing the extreme that this has been taken to. And we see these bogus people coming down here making all these kind of things and doing all this. And then you realize that this is fake. So we assume that God can no longer speak to a person to give you a message. 
All I would caution you is this. Whatever that message is, make sure that it aligns with Scripture and doesn't lead you away from Scripture. If it is contrary to Scripture, no one thing is a false prophet. See? That's where we're going to stop here today uh, on this whole matter. And I thought it was... And by the way, I'm not finished with this. I'm coming back to this verse again because Paul tells you how to exercise this gift. But I think it is crucial for us to get a handle on what, what is this gift of prophecy that the Bible talks about. And I hope that in some way you've gotten a handle on it now to appreciate what Paul is talking about. And clearly, uh, this is something that in my judgment would still be needed today. Um, there are some people coming to the church and they, they turn off, totally turn off. Maybe the pastor says something two weeks ago and they haven't forgotten what the pastor said. So they come to church, but they're not here, they're not here. So they're not gonna get, they're, I'm not going to get through to them. I can preach from now to tomorrow, I'm not going to get through to them. I'm not going to get through to that person, whatever. But in the church, there may be a person that God would say, you know what, I'm going to use this person to get through and that person is able to sit down and talk to that person. You know, I was thinking about you or whatever it is. And the I was in church this morning, the Lord told me, you know, to, to speak to you or to tell you something. Uh, that's the way. We must not remove the mystery and the supernaturalness out of Christianity. The moment we do that, we are in serious, serious trouble. Okay. Do we have this gift in our church? Only you know. Do you know? But let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you for the time we spend around your word trying to discover what these gifts are. If you've given us gifts, we ought to have a handle on what these gifts are. And we ought to be opening our minds and our hearts uh, to have these gifts be used in our own ministries, and in our own lives. What a benefit it would be for you to comfort someone who's going through some pain or some trauma and just doesn't have the answer and provide a saint who's able to go and sit with that person and uh, open a new world of hope. What about that person making a decision that's in the thraldom of making the decision? And... Uh, so uncertain and going through a sex anxiety and yet a word comes and you are able to direct a believer towards that person and offer some word of comfort and direction. We thank you that you are still alive. We thank you you still speaks to men and women. We thank you that in the history of the church we have men of God, real men of God who said that God has spoken to them directly. Uh, we ask you, O oh Lord, to help us as your people who have your word and your book uh, to not go beyond scripture and try to put limitations on you because of our biases and our prejudices, but rather to interpret the Bible and let the Bible interpret itself to help us to understand what these things are so that we have a better understanding, so that we are not deceived by those who are fraudulent and fake, but on the other hand, we are not repulsed by those who try to minister to us and, and, and share with us uh, what you have revealed in regard to some particular need in our lives. Continue to give us understanding in your truth. Help us, Lord, as your church to know that no church, whether it be this church or any other church, whether Baptist or Lutheran or, or Presbyterian or whatever,
can ever function effectively without the use of these gifts that you have given to your people. May this enlighten us and may this move us to search our hearts and to search our minds and to search your word and to find out and discover what our gifts are and then to utilize those gifts in the interest of your church. Thank you for those who are here this morning. Hope we've brought some light on this subject and we hope that when they leave here they have a better understanding and a better handle of what this word, this gift of prophecy is all about. Help us to use our gifts in this ministry for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be sure you join us again next time here on Sermons of Grace as Pastor Murphy shows us the danger of misusing the gift of prophecy and examples of false prophets found in Scripture. If you'd like to contact Pastor David Murphy or Grace Baptist Church, please call 268-462-4230 or visit during one of their service times. Sunday school is at 9 a.m., Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Sunday evening at 7 p.m., or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Grace Baptist Church is located on Rowan Henry Street in Gambles Terrace, Antigua.